morning all. How are we doing this morning? It's good, it's good. I just want to say you guys make a lot more noise than night church does, so keep it going. Night's often silent, it's like no one's there. Um, I find it encouraging, so keep it up. Um, my name's Viv, if I haven't met you before. Um, I have the pleasure of diving into God's Word and um, preaching from it. Um, we're going to be focusing on the parable of the sower. Um, so leave your Bibles open at Mark chapter 4, verse 1. Um, and we're going to be looking at this idea of listening today. So I'm going to ask a risky question and a sensitive question. How are your ears? They're good, good, great. Well, um, it's a bit of a weird question to ask, and I know I'm asking it um, to 9am. So I think... I think we all know the difference that listening makes, right? Um, it makes a difference when you're singing out loud and you want to avoid being laughed at. Um, maybe you've sung along to this song before, Wonderwall, and sung this, backbeat, the word is on the street, that there's a fire in your auntie's house, when instead it's actually meant to be this, backbeat, the word is on the street, that the fire in your heart is out. Don't want to get that one wrong. Um, it also makes a difference in your day-to-day lives. Um, saying yes to a piece of bread could easily be saying yes to a glass of red. So it's going to determine what you consume at the dinner table. So how carefully we listen, um, it's important to avoid embarrassment, um, and it, it's going to determine what you have at the dinner table. But more than that, it's crucial here in this parable that we're going to look at. And I'm not talking about how your ears are going, how they're physically going. I'm not talking about how your hearing's going, if there's a bit of wax blocking your ears. But I'm talking about a spiritual quality of hearing. How well you want to listen. Because it's important, it's more than having one thing enter your ear, but it's another thing to listen, to engage, and to have that transform you. Because how carefully we listen to God's word, it's not going to determine whether we get laughed at or not, determine what goes into our stomach or not, but how carefully we listen to the gospel, how carefully we listen to his voice and the good news that he brings, it's going to determine your eternity. So with a weight to how we hear the gospel, how we hear God's word, let me pray Let me ask that God would help us hear clearly today. Heavenly Father, we need to hear your word. We need to hear your gospel. And yet, you know how bad of a listener we can be. So God, this morning, would you open our ears? Would you soften our hearts? Would we hear what you have to say to us clearly? Um, You've got something to say to each person here, and I pray that you'd be doing that. I pray that you'd be working powerfully by your Holy Spirit to do that. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, come with me into the Word. Have your Bibles open. Mark chapter 4. Let's dive right in. Verse 1. Jesus, again, he's here teaching this time. And he's got quite the crowd among him. Now, I think at at this point, you just see him. Big crowd. Jesus teaching. He's going to make everything he says really, really clear. And he starts off by saying in verse 3, listen. But this is where the clarity ends. 
because he starts to tell a story, a, a story about farming, a parable. It's a well-known one. It's the parable of the sower. So a farmer goes out and scatters seed around and it lands on four different places. Some falls on the path, some falls on the rock, some falls on the thorny ground, and finally, some falls on the good soil and it produces a crop multiplying up to a hundred times what was sown. And I love this bit. And then he says in verse 9, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. And for some people, that's all they would have heard. They would have been like, great story, Jesus. You know a bit about your farming. That's all they would have heard. Then they would have moved on. And this is where I want us to slow down today. Um, I want us to slow down as we look at this parable because Jesus is going to be doing three things here. We're going to see that Jesus wants to do three things through this parable. And the first is an invitation. It's an invitation of, do you really want to know what I have to say to you? Do you want to know the good news? It's essentially Jesus going, I'm going to tell you a little, and then I'm going to leave it up to you. If you want to ask more, you can ask more. If you have ears for it, ask for more. It's what we do in conversation, right? You don't just start a conversation and share everything. Like, I mean, you might, it might be a bit weird for the person listening, but we often share a snippet and we see if someone's interested. That's what Jesus is doing. He puts the ball in your court. It's your move. It's what these parables are about. Jesus doesn't tell parables that everyone would understand them. I mean, he has to explain himself. He has to explain what these parables mean after he tells the parables. They even ask him in verse 10, what do these mean? And in verse 11, we see the answer. The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing, but never perceiving, and ever hearing, but never understanding. Otherwise, they, may, they might turn and be forgiven. Jesus is saying that if people listen, if you and I carefully listen, it will lead us to seeing Jesus' offer of forgiveness. This is the gospel, the good news on offer to those who seek it, who want to engage with it. And yet on the flip side, he acknowledges that there's going to be another response. There's going to be people who have heart in their heart towards it. Those who don't want a bar of it. Yet don't think for a second here that he wants to be selective in who receives it. He longs for the good news to go everywhere. It's why in verse 3 he scatters the seed everywhere. We're seeing here that God is not a silent God. He speaks. He isn't holding back on those who want to hear him. But his word, it's, it's going to keep going out. He's going to continue to speak. He's going to speak by his spirit. He's going to speak through his word. And he's going to continue to reveal to people the good news of the kingdom coming near. 
He longs that, as verse 11 says, that many would know the secret of the kingdom of God. But he holds it in tension because he knows that we have a need to respond as well. God wants to to gather the engaged listener. Those who really want to hear what he speaks into their lives. These are the ones that are going to be saved. Jesus is essentially saying there are two types of listeners here. There's a careful listener who's going to be saved through listening, through hearing from the hearts and through Jesus revealing the good news to them. Not just with switched on ears, but with an engaged heart. And there's going to be the casual hearer. The one who isn't saved. Because they simply had things go in one ear and then right out the other. He wants to draw out genuine seekers. It's why these stories take a bit of effort to understand. It's why they require a bit of desire to get it. It's why you need to go beneath the superficial. Do you want to hear more? Do you want to know more? Hear the invitation that Jesus has in his words. An invitation to carefully listen, that you might know him, that you might know the good news of the kingdom that he brings. Because Jesus moves on to a warning. The warning being that the problem isn't God, but the problem is our hearing. So look at verse 13 with me. Jesus begins to explain to the disciples and most likely some other careful hearers what the parable meant. He says that the seed is the word of God and the central message of the word of God is the good news. It's the good news that points to Jesus. The love and the goodness found in Jesus points to the one who lived the life we could never live. That he would die for us, that he would rise again for us and that we might know him and that we might receive his forgiveness. That we might be freed from the hold of sin, evil and death over our lives. This is the central message of the word of God and this is what is being scattered. This is the word being scattered And many are going to hear it, and many are going to respond differently. And it's here in these responses to the gospel that there actually is a warning for all of you here today. It's not just a warning for those who don't know Jesus yet. It's a warning for us all, whether you're a follower of Jesus or not. The warning that you might not be the good soil. The good soil being those who have heard the good news and received it. That you might need to do something about it. Or the warning that you might be this good soil, but you need to hear the warning of the paths that we often go down. The poor responses we can often have. And the first response is in verse 15. Have a look at it with me. It's the seed that falls on the path and has Satan come snatch it away. Whether you want to believe it or not, we live in the midst of a spiritual realm. We live with a spiritual realm all around us. 
And I'm sure you're sitting there going, please don't over-spiritualize this. But the truth is this. We live amid a spiritual battle with a real enemy. And the enemy Satan. He's real and he's going to do everything he can so that God's word won't take root in your lives. That's his goal. It's going to be his goal 24-7 for you. He's going to bring in lies that say, God, what he says isn't true. It isn't important. It isn't significant. This job, this popularity, this money, this success, it's more important. He's going to want you to believe lies that he doesn't love you, God doesn't love you, that he doesn't care about you. He's going to want to use things to distract you from the word of God. Maybe as you listen to this sermon right now. Maybe after you've spent time in the Word on your own. He's going to want you to forget what God's been showing you, what He's been teaching you. He's going to want you to become a consumer, to want the perfect sermon, the perfect music, to be a judge rather than a hearer of God's Word. Do you get it? You really need to know how big of an influence Satan wants to have over your lives. The second response is this, that we might be tempted to fall into. It's in verse 16, and it's spiritual shallowness. The rocky ground. The one where the word comes, they receive it with joy, but it doesn't last long. As when trouble or persecution come... Because of the word, they quickly fall away. So look closely at verse 17 with me. Notice it says that the trouble and persecution, it will come. It's not an if, but it's a when. And it comes because of the word. Following Jesus, hearing him, receiving his word, it's going to mean that tough times and trouble trouble are inevitable. Yet the gospel says this to us. Jesus suffered and died for us to offer eternal life for you and for me. That's what is worth holding on to when trouble and persecution comes. That no matter how hard it gets, it's going to be worth digging deeper into the gospel, digging deeper into Jesus, asking him that he would keep you close, that the trouble and persecution wouldn't push you away from him. And the third negative response is this, in verse 18. It's the thorns. It's the the worries of life. Over time, they're going to choke the word out. I don't know if you're feeling this, but over time, other priorities, they start to creep in. Competing values, and they start to outgrow and choke out God and his offer for eternal life. You might be sitting here and thinking, this could be me. Like I heard the word of God, the good news for me, and I was on fire. I was passionate. I was keen to keep growing. I was keen to share it with everyone. But over time, that growth, it's, it's faded in my life. God's been pushed out of the big picture. Other things have become more important in my life. The good things in my life are now the big things. They're the big things that drown out the goodness of Jesus. And I want us to see this. The scary thing about this 
is that it happens over time. It's not instant, but it happens over time. And it often happens when we begin to cruise along. Because there's no such thing as cruising along in our walk with God. We need to watch out for this. We need to turn up the volume on the gospel so that it outvolumes everything else. And we need to turn down everything else in our lives. But then comes the final response. Look at verse 20 with me. It says this, Others like seed sown on good soil hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, and some a 100 times what was sown. And it's with this response that comes the final thing that Jesus has for us through this parable, and it's an encouragement. It's an encouragement for you and for me. It's an encouragement to continue to be the engaged hearer. The one who hears, the one who receives, the one who understands and lets Jesus below surface level. That he might produce fruit in us. That he might produce a crop in us. It's the encouragement that as we persevere in our walk with God and carving out time to hear the good news and allowing it to sink deep, that he's going to produce fruit in our lives. There isn't necessarily a fixed amount of fruit that comes. The verse says some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. But the encouraging assurance is this. Let his word go deep in your life. Hear it, receive it, receive his love, receive his grace, receive his mercy, receive his forgiveness, and that's going to transform you. That's going to bring fruit in your lives. Yes, there are going to be seasons where it feels like there's no fruit in our lives. There's going to be seasons where it feels like we're not growing. But on the other hand, there's also going to be seasons where there's heaps of fruit. I think for most of us, the COVID years, they haven't been friendly. There's probably been less visible fruit to you in your life and your walk with God. Many of us here, you might be low on energy. You might even be on struggle street with your walk with God. But the encouragement we get is this. Continue to hear and continue to receive the word. Continue to carve out time that the gospel would sink deep, that you might carefully hear what he has to say to you. Because I think for myself and for many of us, we come to God with a posture that, already has our ears blocked to him. Our hearts closed to him. We know what we need to hear from God. We've made our minds up before we even come to the word. We might even have this idea that, I don't need these basic gospel truths. I've had them on repeat for decades. I need more advanced stuff. I need more spiritual experiences. I want to feel more. These things are good things. Don't get me wrong. We ought to be growing. We ought to be asking God, what do you want to say to me? What do you want to, re- what do you want me to wrestle with? But please don't let it leave you abandoning the gospel. Abandoning what we need to carefully hear. 
We need it on repeat, day after day, morning after morning. We need to hear the gospel speak into our lives. The good news that underserving sinners have a saviour in Jesus. The one who's come near, who has died, who has risen, who's brought forgiveness and freedom. And you might be sitting here going, what is this good news you're talking about? And if that's you, that's great. And we'd love to have you keep coming to keep carefully exploring and figuring out what this good news is and what it might mean for you. Keep coming along on Sundays. We'd love to have you. Um, maybe you'd like to explore it more in depth. Um, if that's you, come to chat, come chat to me after. Um, I'd love to chat to you about this good news. But for all of us here, know this. Whoever you are today, we need to spend time daily in the gospel immersed in it, reading it, speaking to God about it, meditating on it, resting in it. So the challenge is this. Do you really want to listen to the gospel? Do you really want it to transform your heart? Ask him. Ask God to soften your heart, to tend the soil of your heart that you might carefully listen that you might receive, that you might let it transform your heart and produce a crop. Because the truth is this. He's the one who speaks the good news. And he's the one who's going to change our hearts. So I'm going to pray for us now, um, and I'm going to ask that God would do that, that we would be careful listeners of God's word this week. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, you call us to listen, to listen deeply, to engage, to go beneath the superficial with your gospel. And God, we often stray from that. I often stray from that. I often push it to the side and, God, we need you. We need you to transform our hearts. We need you to open our ears, to soften our hearts, that we might hear carefully, that we we might see your gospel do an amazing work in our lives. We trust that you can do this and we ask that this would be the case for all of us. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.